0: All the school, all the student loans that I have are totally worth it knowing that I've had, I've met these people and they've, you know, guided me this far. This
1: is the 20 at 20 podcast, where I, Bryce Betzer host, have 20 minute conversations with industry leaders about what advice they would give their 20 year old selves. Welcome back. Episode number nine of the 20 at 20 podcast. Thanks so much for listening. I actually had a a really random viral tweet uh, that got over like 1.2 million impressions with the... the the owner of the Raiders, Mark Davis, and he he was in the Allegiant seat right beside me. And right below that, I I commented, listened to my podcast. And I actually, I I saw an uptick of of listeners. So if anyone's stuck after that, thank you so much. Even send me a tweet and say, but uh, I appreciate you listening and everyone that's been subscribing. It means a lot. All reviews help me so much. So if you could hit a review, that'd be great. But I'll get into the content now. I have another doctor on the show, which is super awesome. I'm kind of struggling my finance class. So I can only imagine how much school these doctors have gone through but uh, I have a a great guest he's a doctorate of physiotherapy he's worked with uh, professional athletes of all levels um, from soccer hockey baseball NFL MLB NBA and my favorite I like supercross he's worked with um, athletes in in the supercross realm and namely Ken Rockson on the other line I have Dr. Glutes or Dr. Nick Smith Nick how's it going
0: good Bryce thanks for having me on
1: yeah. Thanks so much for coming on. So what does, uh, um, I guess, what do you do? I know you're a doctorate of physiotherapy. Are you, are you in a house like um, working hourly or do you have clients? What, what does that look like?
0: So I'm currently working in a pretty traditional, what they call like an outpatient clinic. So I actually work for a satellite um, location for a nonprofit hospital. So our facilities provide outpatient care, meaning not in the hospital, And, um, you know, they schedule patients with me. And so I see clients throughout the day. Um, That's pretty... That's a pretty traditional office at this point.
1: And then on the side, I, I know uh, your social media, which we'll plug later and it will be in the show notes, but w- um, you spend some time on that. What other things are you are you focusing on that's kind of uh, business or work related?
0: So, you know, with the social media and kind of on the side, you know, on top of being a physical therapist or a physio, um, I'm also a strength and conditioning coach. So kind of have a, a different background for creating programs for different athletes of all types. Um, on top of that, you know, social media, just trying to give out helpful, you know, helpful tips and exercises for people to address, you know, targeting certain muscles or different movements, but also keeping their movements nice and safe. So with that getting, uh, you know, working with some other athletes and, uh, also working a lot with the jujitsu community as of recently, it's kind of been a, a newer thing, um, especially with the social media
1: and connecting with people that I train with. So with doing those, uh, the training and, and social on the side, how does that look time-wise for you? I, I mean, what, um, is that something that you're doing on the weekends or before or after? Like, how do you how do you kind of structure that into your routine? So, I mean, you know, I work, you know, a standard, um, you know, or roughly 40 hours a week,
0: And then, um, you know, mornings and nights, I'm obviously on some kind of social media, either interacting with people, you know, commenting back, um, if people are messaging me regarding, you know, inquiries or training. So I'll work my normal, you know, eight-hour day. And then at nights, you know, I'm either trying to post something, connect with people. And then um, on the weekends, if I have, you know, clients that I work with, either, remotely through online or um if i have privates and i work with them in person so it kind of varies day to day but just trying to interact with people as much as possible you know deliver help even if it's not necessarily from me if they're in another location where they can be you know helped out by a colleague of mine somewhere else
1: that work's going to pay off in dividends in the future i'm sure just keep at it and um I really look forward to, to seeing what that social reach will bring in the future. So one more question before I get back to when you were 20. How long have you been working in uh, physical therapy?
0: So I got my license in the very beginning of 2016. So I finished school at the end of 2015. So it's been been almost four years now. Yeah.
1: So since being like a licensed Great. physical therapist, about four years. Obviously, to get a doctorate, you're going to be in school for a pretty long time. Uh-huh. So when you were 20 years old, it was 2009. Where, where were you? Then what, where were you in your studies? What were you studying? And, and then even then, if you can get into, what do you think you, you wanted to be at that time?
0: So, I mean, I knew I wanted to be a physical therapist actually since high school. So 2009, I was in, I think that was my sophomore or junior year of undergrad. So at the time, I was going to school full time and I was working as a physical therapist aide, uh, forty hours a week. Um, so between doing those two things at the time I was racing BMX. Um, so trying to be a full time athlete, full time work, full time school, you know, it was super fun. But uh yeah, at the time I, I kinda knew what I wanted to do. Um my thought of what I thought physical therapy was was pretty limited at the time. Now after being through a program and you know, going through postgraduate residency and fellowship, there's a lot more out there than I realized. So I had a very limited scope, but um, still kind of had the same idea.
1: What do you think the biggest surprise for you is today, now that you're working and you understand the whole scope of, of the industry, what, what do you think maybe you had a misconception on or didn't really realize while you're going to school?
0: I think the hardest thing is, you know, the healthcare system in general is not always advocating for the patient and you know I, I think that it, it's definitely improved since I've started but I think that the knowledge of what physical physical therapists do kind of is wide some people don't really know what we do they think that you know oh are you like a chiropractor are you like a massage therapist and so I think the I think the hard thing is understanding that you know your colleagues, or your patients even don't even necessarily know what you do and trying to like really define like what a physiotherapist does and what they're supposed to do and how they interact with, you know, being a, a primary professional in the healthcare world. I think that was the Biggest thing.
1: So I'm not sure if this is a really hard question, but <laughs> is there a way to explain um, in just a few sentences the the distinction of um, the physical therapist to, like you said, chiropractor or ma- massage therapist, or what what really is that um, distinction of expertise?
0: I think if you were to summarize it, you know, um, in a blanket statement, we are movement experts. We are movement specialists. We take whatever injury movement problem that you have we analyze it and based on that we try to deliver some kind of treatment that optimizes that movement so it could be pain-free it could be for performance um you know it could be any gamut of things that brought you to this level but i think that we you know we are
1: movement experts that's what we do that makes total sense and and great job summarizing that so when when you were in school, I know you were focusing on your own sport, coaching on the side, and you were you were really busy. Um, and, and I'm sure you did enjoy all those things, but there had to be some hard times as well. Do you think was there? Could you think of a time wh- where you really struggled, um, maybe mentally, and, and were you trying to juggle too much? Was there anything that you did to help um, balance all those different things? You know, I mean, going through undergrad, it always seemed like oh, I was doing a lot, and then you know you
0: get into you get into de- medical school and it's equally as hard and you move on to the next thing. So I think you just kind of acclimate to how busy your schedule is. I think at the time, you know, racing and competing, you know, staying active was always my escape. So even though it was hard work, I enjoyed that because that was something I chose to do it was on my own terms. So, you know, of course you have to work, you have to make money, you got to make ends meet. You got to go to school. You got to get good grades because you got to get good grades to get into, you know, physical therapy school. So I think that, um, I, I think that the sports were kind of, and being active has always been kind of the outlet for me. Um, but I think reflecting back, maybe the only thing changed is a bit more time trying to travel, do, you know, just enjoy life and enjoy, um, you know, a little bit more nature.
1: Nature is something that I, I think I've kind of, noticed recently that just getting outside is so important for me and I, I work and then go to school and then have a podcast and then do freelance on the side and I'm not saying I'm the busiest no. person in the world but my 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 free time is usually more at night so it, I found that it's important for me during lunch to even go outside and get a little bit of sun and then on the weekend I try to try to go on a hike or even just go to a park or go outside because it, it I didn't realize but there's so much mental health. Uh, and physical health, like benefits of, of just going outside, which sounds weird, but it, it's probably pretty topical. I think a lot of people spend way too much time inside. For you, do you when you say just you like going outside? Is that with hiking or do you go camping? What do you do?
0: You know, it, um, it's funny that you mention that, and maybe it's just that now that we've gotten older, we have this um, kind of hindsight. You know, twenty and twenty. Ha. <laughs> um, I, like I, I think it's more we have that uh, opportunity to like, wow, I've been, you know, in front of a computer screen, you know, studying, or even if you're, you know, somebody who likes to lift weights or be inside the gym, but I think it's good to, you know, get outside. There's science that proves that vitamin D is good for your, you know, good for your health. It's good for your emotions and your mood. So, you know, now, I mean, I I love going out for a hike if I have the opportunity. I just got back from a a four-day trip up in Northern California doing fishing, you know, so... Being outside, being outdoors, enjoying some fresh air, get out of uh, the L.A. smog a little bit Mm -hmm. is always a nice
1: little uh, refresher and it kind of, you know, resets you. I love how that how you say the refresher that resets you. And it's so true, even though maybe when you're planning the trip or something, you might think you're going to miss out. But I, I would probably argue that you're going to gain it back in just efficiency when you get back because you're you're ready to tackle the work and, and you just you feel totally fresh. So when you were um, in school, did you know physical therapists that were practicing or, or what kind of mentors did you have? Was there someone guiding you away or were you kind of uh, just trailblazing by yourself? No, I mean, I've obviously had mentors throughout the way. I don't think anybody can
0: go through, you know, 10 years of school and not have somebody kind of help you in some way or another. So in the beginning um, I had a boss, uh, Mark Mako, he's the owner of a physical therapy office that I worked as an, as an aide, and for a couple of years as a physical therapist when I was licensed. And he started off as my mentor, you know, he saw that I was hungry and wanted to be, you know, wanted to pursue my dreams of this. So he kind of pushed me harder as an aide to, you know, think about things, not just, you know, oh, can you clean this up or, you know, go through these exercises, but help me think and really push me. So it, early on, Mark was uh, huge with that. And then as I got into school, um, I met another um, wonderful woman. Her name is Kathy Kumagai. And um, she was one of my professors in um, physical therapy school. And she mentored me all throughout, you know, anytime there was good, bad, you know, she was there to help out and always had an encouraging word. And, you know, anytime I thought that I was way in over my head, she always just was like, nah, man, you're fine. Everything's It's fine. It's all good. And, uh, you know, she ended up actually, um, she married my wife and I, She's uh, been a huge, huge part of my life. And, um, after, uh, after graduating physical therapy school, moving on into post-doctorate programs, um, she became another part of my life through the fellowship program with her and another one of my huge mentors, Claire Frank. And the both of them have been nothing but amazing as far as mentorship. I, I, I attribute nearly all of my successes to them, honestly, that mentorship is the one thing that I couldn't put a price on. All the school, all the student loans that I have are totally worth it knowing that I've had, I've met these people and they've, you know, guided me this far. So I hope to, um, the way I carry myself, you know, both on social media and in the clinic,
1: I hope to, you know, kind of do them right. So. I love how you put the importance and the gratitude that you have towards that mentorship. If someone is um, in their undergrad and, and they're they're thinking about getting a, into a doctorate program, whether it's physical therapy or anything else, th- what advice would you have for, for seeking out those mentors? Do you think they kind of just spontaneously came into your life through um, professors or, or how did that come about? You
0: know, I, I think that mentorships for people and the way you interact is definitely based on how how you kind of carry yourself, you know, being authentic, you know, being a hard worker without being corny or fake. You know, I think that if you show, you know, kindness and you show that you're, you're hungry and you're respectful, I think that those people naturally kind of gravitate towards you. I mean, mentors, they've been around the block. They've, they've seen people, they've attempted to mentor people and got you know had good vibes in the beginning and then they ended up being you know person that was just trying to take from them and i think if you're always willing to give without um expecting anything in return honestly just uh trying to be as open as possible to learning and being hungry those those mentors i think kind of will flock to that type of
1: personality that's, that's put in a great way. And and you can always find some sort of way to add value. If there's someone in your life that, that that you think could be a great mentor and you kind of know them and are starting to build a relationship, don't be afraid to to provide more value to them or ask how you could help and and get in that way. Don't ask like them to give you stuff, like figure out a way to integrate in. And and then that's how I think naturally you're going to become closer with them.
0: Couldn't agree more. It's, uh, you know, whether you're trying to learn something, you know, just Never, not just trying to glean something, you know, if you're, if you're, if you really are hoping for meeting somebody, you know, try to, you have to have something to offer and not try to force it down their throats, but have it be kind of develop organically. I think that's, that's the big thing, being able to make connections with people being
1: genuine and organic. And I think those mentors will naturally just kind of come into your life. And moving into into the present now, uh, out, of, out of your 20s, I, I guess you're still in your 20s actually, 29 to be exact, almost 30 as we're recording this on October 9th, 2019, but... Uh, um, so you've worked with I- insane athletes. I mean, the, the when you're saying pro soccer, pro hockey, pro baseball, Supercross, all, all these levels, I, I mean, that's, that's so awesome. And I'm sure for you, it's cool coming from an athlete background to, to work with these people. Uh, for you, is that something that you kind of expected or how, how did that even come about? Is that um, just some opportunities that, that came, came about through people that you knew or is that the practice you were at? You know, 100 percent, it was right time, right place. Um,
0: you know, I never expected to be able to work with some of the clients that I did. And, you know, it's as awesome as it sounds on paper, you know, I I love sports and I'm a huge fan, you know, every single one of those guys, they're just normal people. You know, they just happen to be participating in something that they love that happens to pay their bills. And a lot of people watch that sport. You know, so I, what's cool is to, you know, to meet these types of people and realize, like, oh, you might see them every Sunday, you know, on the gridiron, or, you know, you're, <laughs> you saw that person get hurt at the race, you know, for supercross, and now you're, you know, working with them, you know, that, that, uh, the fanboy goes away pretty quick because it's just kind of, it's, it's, it's business at that point. You, you want to get them back and, you want them to be able to provide for their families because their job is just different. But uh, I never, in a in a million years, thought that it, I would have the opportunities that I have, and I attribute it to right time, right place. I uh, was connected with um, you know with people, Claire Frank being one of them that set me up with one of these jobs to connect me and. Everything was connected through another person. It was by no means my own doing by myself. It was just right
1: time, right place, and it happened to work out. I did like that you mentioned Claire Frank connected you with this person and, and that is the importance of mentorship and why I like to get into it every single episode just because of you You have no way to know where that's going to lead you. Not that you should seek that mentorship in, in hopes of getting something in return, but like you said, by providing value or, or, or hard work or, or whatever your relationship is, um, that, that that's going to come back in, in a way that you probably could never even imagine. And I know you've you've gotten a lot of uh, inspiration from, from your mentors, and you've you've seen a lot of help in your career. But what about um, on, the, on the content side? Are, are there books or podcasts or anything else that you've kind of used besides the textbook to help get to where you are?
0: Yeah, I mean, um, obviously, we have to run through a lot of continual education. You know, I, I bring up Claire Frank again. She's taught a lot of courses, you know, not just in my fellowship program, but things that I've, you know, obviously taken from her. And she's obviously gleaned gleaned from her mentors, you know, that are above her that have uh, started way beyond when she was even a physio. Um, and you know, then on top of it, as far as like social media podcasts, you know, I, I kind of gravitate towards things that are kind of, um, I try to stay away actually from a lot more physio stuff. I will, um, glean information from, you know, I I love Gary Vee. I know you do too. Uh, He has so many good, you know, pieces of very practical information that doesn't just apply to one area of life. So when I'm consuming media, I try to keep things that are a little bit more, you know, educational based, compartmentalized on one side. And I try to, you know, try to take in media that's helpful for, you know, how I interact with patients, you know, not just the physio part of it, the educational part, but, you know, how can I create relationships with people, um, you know, clients, colleagues, um, you know, how can I uh, improve, you know, my, my mental health, you know, whatever it may be, whatever I can make um, myself better, you know, learn something new each day. So I like to learn all different types of things.
1: Learn something new each day is great, and and I guess when you're when you're tailoring the media that you're consuming, I mean every single person, especially someone listen to a podcast, obviously consumes media. So if you could choose to consume something that's gonna enrich your life a little bit more than. Um, I don't want to put anything down, or it, everyone has a guilty pleasure of a TV show or something. But if you only consume the Kardashians and did not consume another thing, um, you're probably not going to get as much out of uh, tailoring your social media feed to have some some interesting, thought provoking, and, and newsworthy things. So I want to get into the actual crux of the uh, podcast, and I want to talk about so when you're when you're in school. It, it sounds like uh, things went pretty well for you. Uh, I know that you were working and, and going to school and, and things like a lot of um, great things. And I don't want to say that you should redo anything that happened because all those things uh, got to where you are today. But is there anything that you think um, if someone was in the same shoes as you at 20 years old that would uh, benefit them with maybe outlook on, on what's to come?
0: Yeah, I think that a lot
1: of people who,
0: and this you know, this is obviously reflecting on me, People who want to go into a profession, you know, they tend to be more driven, um, especially in the medical community. It's not, you have to put in a lot of extra work. Not to say that anybody else is doing any, anybody who goes through school is going through hard work. So I I think the big things is finding work, work work-life balance. I think if I could reflect back, I think there were more opportunities for me to, you know, have some more experiences and, uh, you know, set myself up to maybe, you know, oh, I could have visited this place. And because once you're, once you're in school and you're really in the thick of it, it's, it's hard. It's really hard to get that time to spend time with friends and family. And, you know, whether it's traveling with nature or, you know, traveling to this location, those, those things are super important. And, uh, you know, making time for friends and family, the ones who are, you know, really there to support you. I think that those those times whether it's just, you know, grabbing a beer with your buddies or, you know, going to grab a movie, wh- whatever that thing may be, I think investing in relationships and investing in experiences are just as important as investing in your brain. So I think finding that good balance and really attempting to Find a good, good, healthy recipe between those things would be something that I would like to reflect on, and that would be the only thing I would maybe enhance, but everything I did obviously got me to this place, and I I couldn't be more thankful for it
1: it's easy to get caught up in things and it's important to remember those relationships and and not neglect them I think just uh, it enriches your life too so I I totally agree with that and I I love that advice so um, towards the end of the podcast I just want to touch briefly on uh, the state of social media and I know you've been creating content and I'm actually kind of excited to to talk to you about TikTok Um, you were the the first person I knew on there really and I I made one just for fun (laughs) I'm still kind of just trying to learn the platform but how How's that for you? I, I I know you're creating content on there a lot, um, and and some of your views are actually pretty high, which I've I've seen on most TikTok videos. Are you actually consuming media on there now? Like, are, do you find yourself sometimes scrolling through through that feed for fun, or how how are you interacting with TikTok?
0: Yeah, you know, it's funny we bring up the TikTok thing, and I I attribute all of that to Gary V. You know, I'm seeing, I'm trying to device, diversify, you know, my social media. And, you know, obviously, Instagram is where a lot of my content comes from. And I have, you know, the, the larger following on there. But I, I do want to be more versatile, you know, playing around more on Twitter, playing around. And so, you know, Gary V is uh, convinced that TikTok is the new thing. So um, I've been posting stuff on there. And I do consume a little bit of media. And some of it's the same as what I would follow on another social media page, but I'm trying to see how it's, you know, monitored. How how do they take, you know, content from a bigger piece? Like as Gary says, changing from macro to micro content. You know, how can I take something that I've already created and take a small little blip of it and, you know, put it on TikTok and spruce it up so where it's enjoyable and honestly tiktok's kind of like you know it's, it's the younger generation and i, I don't know where it's going to grow but it, it's kind of fun to play around with it and i've found that uh, I, I use it more to be a little bit more carefree and a little less yeah. educational you know i'll put something up that's more more fun so I, I i don't know how it's been for you we've kind of talked about it a little bit in the past and I think it'll be interesting to see as uh, if it gets more popular and how it kind of develops.
1: Yeah, definitely. Uh, for me, I I I like. I feel like as a someone that's trying to get into the marketing industry, it's important for me to understand all aspects of social media. So naturally, the easiest way for me is to dive into that platform and just use it and consume. And that's why I'm the most interested in how it's consumed. And I think I look at it the same way as you as I... Um, if I'm following, uh, let, let's say you or Gary Vee, or um, I like to go through the training page. And if I see someone that posts like a basketball trick shot, I just try to follow it and try to understand the culture there. And, and I'm actually finding now, like if I'm looking through my Instagram Explorer, uh, most of it's just recycled TikTok content. Like yep. I, I'm seeing TikTok <laughs> content everywhere. And, I, and for me, TikTok is just such a great um, tool for creating and I, I think Instagram's trying to change their stories a little bit to be better for creating but there's so many things that like it's honestly um, the first time I, I had TikTok I went on a trip to Laguna Seca with uh, my work and I watched the Lamborghinis race and I, it was just so fun to like do the different effects and it, it's a, it's like a really fresh way so if you're listening you probably haven't downloaded TikTok. I actually encourage you um, as long as you're okay with uh, China having your data but um <laughs> <laughs> I I I encourage you to try use it as a tool. Um, it's it's really good, and I, I appreciate you kind of opening my eyes. You were there before me, so I, I might have never ended up there without you. Um, so I am in in the end of the the episode, so I I do appreciate. It. Is there anything that you'd like to add?
0: No, I mean, uh, I appreciate you having me on, and you know, uh, for those of you who are listening, Bryce and I have actually, you know, we we raced together bikes when we were younger, and. It kind of turned into more business. He's designed a couple of my logos for my company. So Bryce has been doing this stuff for a long time. So I got to give him a shout. He's been uh, he's been awesome and grinding for a very young age. And you've always had a entrepreneurial mind. So I've always appreciated that about you.
1: Thank you. I appreciate it. I've had ups and downs, and it's just natural. But uh, it's uh, it's all paying off in dividends. And, and I'm able to look back now at some of the stuff that I'm I'm doing and the companies that I'm working with and and uh, if you would have told me three years ago, four years ago, um, I, I, I would probably wouldn't have believed you. So I'm super happy where I am and excited. Just I, I just take it day by day and enjoy what I do and hopefully end up somewhere somewhere better tomorrow. But um, where can everyone connect with you and and don't forget to plug your TikTok too.
0: Yeah, so um, easiest way to find me is uh, Smith Forged SC. So it's my last name F-O-R-G-E-D-S-C. SC. Um, on Twitter, I'm Doctor Glutes. Um, easiest way to find me is on Instagram and I plug kind of my other social medias on there. So if you look me up on, on Instagram, that's the best place. And if you guys have any questions regarding, you know, injuries, um, you know, strength and conditioning, if you're trying to get connected in any way, I can help steer you. Please don't hesitate to message me, you know, uh, chat me up and, uh, love to talk with you guys and, uh, make another connection.
1: So Awesome. Thanks again for coming on. I appreciate it. Thanks so much for listening. I'm able to keep up with the weekly. I'm pretty proud of myself. Nine episodes in going to be double digits soon and uh, have no plans on stopping anytime soon. So thanks so much for listening. If you haven't subscribed already, be sure to subscribe and I'll see you next Tuesday. Thank you.